of Sounders Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Aaron Lingley, and as always, with me is your El Presidente, Cameron Collins. How you doing, buddy? Scuttlebutt. Um, you know, I got a heavy heart today. Yeah. I have a heavy and uh, heavy heart, angry mind. Mm-hmm. Very angry mind, yeah. Get out of the way. No doubt. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. You know, this is something we usually wouldn't bring up, I think, on a, a, a soccer podcast. But uh, when the world, or should we say country? When our country, country is real messed up, this, yeah. kind of, <laughs> this kind of stuff happens. And um, uh, we had an 18-year-old high school student walk into uh, an elementary school. And so far, we have 19 students and two teachers 19, killed. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, by guns. He was using a gun. Let's make that clear. Um, and it's just, it's hard not to be numb to some of this stuff. You're like, oh, great, another shooting. But, I mean, Steve Kerr talked about it earlier today before his game against the Mavericks, which was probably going on right now. Mm-hmm. But we can't become numb to this because this is, what, in the last 10 days we had. A church, a grocery store, and now. Yeah. We're- fucking elementary school an elementary school yeah and you know Again. the white supremacist who went into the grocery store had the n-word written on his gun and, and shot up a bunch of elderly black people and it, it was a, an asian church in socal that was shot up um at this time obviously we don't know anything about motivations for uh at least that i've heard around why the shooting happened but um also, the way the media covers this stuff is always so, you know, that whole like lone wolf. Like, this is terrorism. Let's talk about what it is. This is terrorism and not just, uh, I don't know, it, we should be sad about every single loss of life, but there's something about loss of life with children that's just makes it so much more tragic. Like, we think about Sandy Hook and when, when that happened, that was just so, like, how did we not get changed then? You'd think that would be where the line is drawn, and it's 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 terrorism. Yeah, it's you can talk about motiva- motivation, um, but it's guns. It's it's guns. Like as as the main, like what is our problem? Why is this? Why are people just allowed to do this? Right? I mean, we have mm-hmm. basically no gun control. Uh, especially in states like that, right? You could walk around. Yeah, Texas, there's none. You can just walk up and buy a gun. You can take one anywhere. You, they even repealed the fact that you couldn't take them into bars. You can go into a bar and get drunk and get in a fight and pull them out. You don't like, have to pull on. it out. You can be strapped across your chest 
an AR-15. Yeah, yeah, good point. And and and, and order a fucking shot. Uh, and I'm not editing swear words in this one because yeah, um, it, it, it's just I don't know. I'm but you're you're right. It's guns, and that makes it inherently political. So it pisses me off when people like Ted Cruz do what they did mm-hmm. today and says, "Well, you're going to see Democrats try and politicize this and, and restrict constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens." There was prior to 2008. In the Heller case, I believe it was, there was no right to a gun. You had no personal right to a gun. That did not exist. That is something that Antonin Scalia and the right wing made up. Overturning 150 years of jurisprudence on guns. Guns, it doesn't, it it it, it was a collective right, meaning you could have reasonable restrictions, the same way you could with marriage, where you have to get a license, the same way you can with driving. Marriage is constitutionally protected. That's how it always was prior to 2008 when Scalia wrote that decision about the gun laws in Washington, D.C. and took a Sharpie to the Second Amendment and changed it. Which came out of years and years of lobbying from the NRA uh, based off of a paper from a law professor at UT Austin. Where they went from being, NRA basically went from being a sporting org to a lobbyist org. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny you mentioned that because I was reading an article by NPR um Mm. about the nra and it just i don't know if it just came out or they brought the article back up because of Mm. what just happened but they basically an an unnamed source because they don't probably you know want to get attacked by the nra but was in a meeting with the with like the 20 top head uh, people of the nra immediately after columbine figuring out how they're going to get past this because they had uh, their annual convention miles away from Columbine, a couple that Friday after Columbine, and they were figuring out, oh, what we we're going to look really bad. What direction should we take? And basically, it was the and there's tapes, the secret tapes is what they released to this um, NPR journalist. Um, so they have transcripts, they have the tapes of basically them starting the foundation via the mouthpiece of Charlton Heston at that mm-hmm. at that um, convention. Uh, about wait was it that convention where he said I, I, the I Colorado believe, one? I believe so yeah wow and, and ba- basically um like I said I won't get too far far into this we're going to relate this to the Sounders uh, yeah we're going to come back yeah. to Sounders this is just you can't not talk about yeah. something on a but, horrible but day basically like this. starting the whole uh politicize let's politicize this and make this the media is the enemy here okay this isn't Mm -hmm. guns this is the media politicizing this and making and making us to be the bad guys so and here we and what now it's not even about guns when it comes to it's the media look it's it's the democrats it's whatever it it it, politicizing anything that has to do with people's rights and people's lives (laughs) And and this is where I just bang my freaking head against a wall, and I'm and I'm gonna keep voting because that's all we can freaking do. But I am damn close. That, that's to not the even angry Canada. I want to go to Iceland, man. <laughs> I just want to get away from all this. Drink some Brennavine with some happy people. I'm used to gray skies. Yeah. I'm used to volcanoes. <laughs> I'm just gonna go <laughs> hang out with these they, people. They've got their football there too, they man. The Icelandic there. national team fans are are. Uh, Wild. And, and they um, make it to the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, Tom <laughs> Tom Conkergood, the former president of Grill FC, actually uh, went uh, went to Iceland and then later 
during their UEFA uh, champions, uh, the champions of Europe run. Mm-hmm. And then two years later went to the world cup and with the oh, team that's awesome. and um, they were filming a documentary that, that has kind of stalled, but maybe I need to get that footage and help produce that back into being a, uh, a real yeah, film yeah, following around the team. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're, if you're down then I'll, I'll call up Tom right now, let's yeah, go. But yeah. Um, from Iceland though, we'll get a flight out there going soon. Yeah. And I'll yeah, lose my passport raise... somewhere over the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right. I mean, it's, you have like, uh, Steve Kerr and his thing talked about it today where 90% of Americans support universal background mm-hmm. checks. And yet these politicians hold us all hostage because they have to uh, deal with their base. And their base are the crazy right wingers. As you're saying this right now, they are. I, I mean, I, I have no faith that anything is going to come out of this vote, but no. they're putting the putting the bill back on the floor and do it every freaking day. And, and, I don't know the con. You probably know more about the bill um, than I do. I'm sure you do. It passed the House. It just hasn't passed the, the Senate, Senate yet. So that's that's what they've been waiting on. But of course, the, it, it's fifty fifty. So you would need to change the mind right now of Mansion, right? Um, Mansion, yeah, or or Cinema. Uh, Neither way. Well, let's, let's bring so, it. Let's bring it. Let's bring it around to how this relates. Bring it back to, to soccer in in our community um, and how mm-hmm. we feel about guns and shooting um there is a polarizing chant that i'll i'll admit it 10 shit now 12 years ago when i first started going to sounders games i was a ecs member i was a season ticket holder sat in ga didn't think a damn thing of putting them up against a wall and shoot them this chant and i'm going along with it but right no, I mean it's a, it's based off a Cox Bar yeah. song, uh, is it which is an awesome song. I've seen Cox Bar perform before. I sang that song. I loved it too. I thought it was cool that ECS took a punk band, um, and and were singing songs from their lyrics, uh, and and l- let's make clear what the song is about. The people they're putting up a, against the wall and shooting them in the song is record label executives. So it's about how crappy the record label industry is uh, and they want to put the record label industry folks up against the wall and shoot them. That language though, maybe we need to move past it. How do you mean? The, the put them up against the wall and shoot them. Like you said, like, what do you mean move past um, it? Like not use it anymore okay. like there's lots of stuff that was cool at a time or is how we spoke or mm-hmm. you know think about the early like late 90s early 2000s there was comedy back then was very edgy and very like let's make off-color jokes in order to shock people and and we've moved past that you know i've said lots of stuff in my life when i was younger that i regret you know we we said the f word for um, when I was real little, because it was in um, the Eddie Murphy the Delirious bag of sticks, F word. Yeah, the bag of sticks. Or the the you know not not against never against gay people, but you know like it was just like you'd say that to your friend or you'd call them gay. Like that was part of growing up in the '90s, especially white and privileged, is that we didn't understand the impact that that kind of stuff had. I had gay friends, and we still called everything gay. Like that's just how it was. And in retrospect, it's like we've moved past that. You don't. Why, that's it's unacceptable now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I and I can relate. I mean, I am born in the city, 
spent the second half of my formative years in the city, 10th, 11th grade, and then literally up until I've just moved to Everett last summer, right? Been downtown Seattle mm-hmm. my whole life other than four years on Bainbridge. And I moved to Bainbridge, I would say just pre-puberty, right? Just don't really know what's going on in the world at all. All right, that was September 11th happened, my first summer there. And then um, going through middle school and the first half of high school on Bainbridge, which is the epitome. I mean, Mercer Island's probably uh, 1B or 1A to Bainbridge when it comes to, to white privilege. Just the, the community there, right? Mm-hmm. And at least Bainbridge mm-hmm. does have the, let's just say the hippie side. <laughs> but that's the mm-hmm. old Bainbridge, right? That when once once money came, big, big money came into the island. Uh, I hung out with a lot of people that just complete ignorance to other people's cultures and feelings and, and anything like that. So yeah, F word, N word, everything was thrown around like it was nothing. Ooh. And like, well, listening to hip hop, man, hip hop in the nineties and two thousands. Yeah, right? yeah, and true. if you don't have anyone I mean, to call I, you I said, out, oof. you don't have anyone to call you out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There was, there was, I won't say his name, but there, there was a kid in my grade. It didn't even wasn't even dressed up in blackface as a rapper for Halloween at, in middle school. It was just straight blackface. Wow. Right. I mean, I and guess, I, but I, uh, I knew it, that was terrible. Right. But, right. But right. Moved, and that's part of the privilege I had with my best friend growing up being black is I saw the racism he faced. And from third grade on, I was aware of, especially in Seattle. Yeah. The kind of racism that was around. So I moved, I'm, I moved, well, I moved back, I moved back to the city and did running start, went to Seattle yeah. Central, um, it was in mm. Capitol Hill. I played pickup basketball in Capitol Hill, made a lot of great friends, did, went to a bunch of open mics and it kind of like brought, I was just like, man, what was I living in almost? Like it was like a weird Pleasantville. So, um, anyway, yeah, I, I just relating that's a, to that's like, that's a long what, way of saying that, yeah, relating to the, the ignorance that we grew up in and that to now right. is I'm, I'm proud that, um, we're, we're woke about that. And I'm raising my daughter with, with just understanding other, other people, yeah. just understand yeah. how they feel, talk to them and, and use your, you know, I don't know. I mean, I have to do that with my nephew cause he lives in Idaho. Oh, so man. I have to be the force to push back against what he hears there to the point where, a bully was shoving him and shoved him to the ground and called him gay. And he got up and shoved the bully back and said, what's wrong with being gay? There you go. And that's a direct result of me introducing him to my gay friends and, and humanizing something that he knew nothing about with him. And I think what all of this we're saying, cause it sounds like it's all over the place. It's not, is that over the years we have been humanized by seeing the faces of those that have been murdered in, in, in domestic terrorist attacks time and time again. And so uh, in this debate, uh, you know, I, I, first I want to say, I appreciate everything ECS does. I am a member. Um, they, they bring that in-game atmosphere mm-hmm. in a way that uh, is crucial to the success of the Sounders. Uh, you know, Gorilla, we do stuff more outside the stadium. We're building charity and, and, and doing stuff like that, building community, uh, doing charity work. But uh, so this is not being critical of ECS necessarily. And I think ECS has changed a lot since the Iron Front stuff happened that we briefly touched on before mm-hmm. and got a message about on Twitter, yeah. uh, where they've started walking the walk a little more around some social justice issues. And so I think this is one where it's just like, you got to accept that it's time to move on. And uh, in the past, there's been a lot of, you know, especially after Stevie, Steve Zakawani got his leg broken, uh, 
I didn't like the studs up chant. I still don't like the studs up chant. I mean, why would you want your team to get a red card? You're essentially chanting red card, but also people get hurt. Yeah. We had one. We, I mean, Steve Zakawani just wasn't just a Sounders player to me. Like I was the lawyer for his foundation. Hmm. Like I knew, I know Steve personally, like I've known him since he was 22 years old. I, I don't, it, it hurts me when they chant that because it ended his career. I watched that play. And it was one, it's one of the most horrific injuries. Right. I mean, it's just bad in general, but then knowing him on a personal basis, it makes it so much worse. And so, and, but then you get accused of, oh, you're pearl clutching. Any, any criticism is viewed as negative. So I want to make clear, this is not a criticism of ECS. This is a criticism of a song that they've been singing where there's been an ongoing debate um, and, and you should get rid of sets up, but, <laughs> uh, it's not my choice. Obviously it's their choice. I'm a member, so I get, I can give input, but it's leadership's choice. And I think they should move on from a, a Cox bar song that I love a Cox bar song that I listen to a Cox bar song that every single day that we had a game for years, I would play while driving to the game, like a Cox bar song that I remixed to put in highlights from the 2016 MLS Cup and used on my radio show. But it's, you know, it's time. There's been, there's just too many shootings. We, we don't need, we can, there can, we as a Sounders fan base can support chants that are less, um, that don't have violence in them. Yeah. I'll say it yeah, that that's way. That's a good way to put it. And I've heard people saying um, to maybe just rework the lyrics. You know, yeah. fart in your general direction. Too. Python. I don't know if that, that doesn't really yeah. work with the, with the, the, the tune, but yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're an ECS uh, actively, uh, since I'm not, I'm, I'm just a, more of a member in honorarium because I pay my fees and dues and stuff, but I don't, I'm not part of the discussion over there. You're a supporter. supporter. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, yeah. I mean, I support supporter groups, especially in Seattle. So uh, just, you know, have this discussion about what's the best way to move forward. Um, just because someone tells you to do something doesn't mean you don't have to do it. Do you think it. the club... Like, there's no reason to react negatively. Do you think the, what? the club has any or should have any input into the debate? I think that... So the club can absolutely have input, just logistically, if they chose mm-hmm. to. I'm not sure if the club wants to make this a hill to die on, but after today, you never know. The club could say you're not allowed to sing about gun violence. I'm here for it. I mean, but I think I think it, could can, it, it, it could and should happen organically. Right. I would rather have ECS come to the conclusion that this is the right thing to do than um, than have the club have to do it for them. Because I not only do I think it's important that that ECS gets it right, I think it's important that uh, for the growth of soccer culture and fan culture that the fans do it themselves rather than having things forced on them from the club and, and, and the autonomy of ECS stands. All right. Now let me, let me bring us back even closer to the realm of this podcast. Let's, yeah, I'm going to tell us. I'll tell you where we are in the standings right now. In the Western Conference standings, the Seattle Sounders sit at 13 points. They are 
12 out of 14 with Kansas City and Vancouver beneath them. Uh, That's that rough is, because those are the by far the two worst teams in that MLS. Yeah, right and now. something that really, I mean, that, I mean, we've got games, two games in hand, okay? But something that stands out to me here is we have 15 goals against, and that's on par with the top half of the conference. Uh, 14, 14, 12, 17, 14, 15, 14 from one to seven there. So, right, but we are two games behind. So that's great if we get our two games in hands in their shutouts, but a little concerning to me that our goal differential there is uh, in the negative. We're negative two. We've given up 15 so far. Right, but I think in a lot of those MLS games, we were playing backups in defense, backups in the midfield, backups at forward. And when you, we'll talk more about it when we talk about this game, but when you don't have a midfield, mm-hmm. it puts those defenders under a lot of pressure. Okay, fair enough. So let's, so we, we did an episode after the, we had a condensed week, right? Three games in seven days, eight days, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Something like that. Yep. So we, we've already kind of, uh, recapped what was it minnesota and then houston both wins right houston great win yeah. uh away uh heat even though it was at night still houston humid heat um and we come back home and boy was i wrong <laughs> not i wouldn't say it was so much a prediction <laughs> uh I was, I was just it, oh you mean you mean when you said that score. we were gonna say score but i said dominate. no you said we were gonna dominate <laughs> I mean, I think we assume domination includes scoring, well, right? On. We dominated in possession. <laughs> we, we, dom- okay, we dominated okay. in uh, possession. <laughs> we dominated mm-hmm, in possession. Mm-hmm. Um, we dominated in players wearing green on the field. This is true. Uh, we didn't. Well, we. I don't know. Sixteen to twelve in crosses. These are these are these are things I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. What, what's that I hear? What is that? Breaking news, breaking news. We didn't dominate. <laughs> Did you just pull out your phone to play a sound effect? <laughs> a breaking news sound effect. Do we have a soundboard? Uh, yeah, we're a better nice. production than this. <laughs> no, we all about the phone. We're the OG style here. No, um, before we get too far into it, shout out to Dan Boniface. Um, I like how I said it that way, Dan Boniface. <laughs> We'll pronounce it however. Sorry, Dan. It's one of those days. Um, former, uh, he used to cover the Rapids when he was at the Denver Post. He's now at the18.com. He followed us. Uh, yeah, definitely check them out. Um, he uh, he wanted to, to have, he sent a few corrections from our last show. Uh, it was not Clint Irwin who was the goalie back when they went to the MLS Cup to the East. Uh, it was Matt Pickens, so that was my mistake. I apologize. Um, so, who we said Saloy is pronounced more like Shalloway. Oh, so so there's another one, uh, and of course, um, got to shout out the OG Fortnite crew out there, which was me and Dan with uh, Beckham and uh, Dan's nephew. So um, that was a he he had a few corrections. So. Um, it was Shall- good. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate getting that right. Shall-a-way. So, Matt Pickens. Pickens with the errors in those games. Um, well, let's get to the game. 
And he was he was also right that uh, we didn't dominate. <laughs> I was way I was way off. And no, no, you were excited. You were you were coming off a slog in Houston where you thought, look, we saw flashes of brilliance that they should be able to bring into Denver. Now we had two things against us. Number one, for the beginning of the game, when you're mile high, it takes a little bit. The players, you know, they we've heard all week about it. They downplayed it a little bit. But it's those first few runs where you really struggle because you're like, oh, man, this is hard to run through. And then throughout time, it gets easy. But really, it's that they have a not count a regular season, so not counting their playoff game against uh, Portland and not counting um, CONCACAF Champions League. They have now 22, now 23 game unbeaten streak, which is interesting because we've beat them 22 times, which is the most any MLS team has beaten another MLS team during the time we've existed. So at the time it was a 22 game unbeaten streak versus a 22 game total beaten. Total so, beaten. <laughs> totally beaten. So, yeah, so we had a chance to get it to 23, but no, they got it to 23. So um, let's talk about it because I have a lot to say about that game where it easily could have been very different. Yeah. What are you drinking? Today? Yeah, we're going to talk about it, but yeah. I'm, going to open this to drink it anyway and the sound effect is going to distract everyone so i'm drinking fremont inner urban yeah yeah it's been a while i, I gotta say i haven't i'm not the biggest fremont fan and i know a lot of people are gonna be like what the hell i don't i don't know why but um i haven't had this one in a very long time and it might just be uh, i've grown my palate has grown and i was more of a rainier drinker in my like formative years ah. yeah yeah it, I thought it's you were going to take a little time to, 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 to get your palate to taste it. It's good. It's okay. Good. I I have the sweet, sweet taste of Cherry Coke Zero Sugar because I already had alcohol earlier today. Um, I've been doing this uh, minor league basketball thing, part of the, the crew forming the oh, yeah. Seattle Superhawks, which is the new TBL team that's coming to Seattle uh, in the spring of next year. And we had a pretty awesome meeting today. So me and the GM went out for uh, drinks afterwards, and we went to a bar where they had Malort on tap. Uh, do you know about Malort? No, can't you not say that <laughs> in Harry Potter's universe? <laughs> Malort is a liqueur. It's, it's liquor. It's from Chicago that is like a tonic water fell into a sea of sewage. It, it was meant as <laughs> like a... It was meant as like a... Um, uh, aperitif, I guess, to settle your stomach. It was medicine when it first came out, and it's now like the official alcohol of Chicago. And if you go to Chicago, you have to take a shot. So I've never seen it on tap. They literally had the liquor on tap, and I got a shot, and it is the worst thing ever. But of course, I was going to do it. It's only my second shot of Malort all time, but um, second. It's, it sounds uh, like it would definitely be a first and last for almost everybody. Yeah, that's usually the case. But it's like one of those things where, uh, I don't know, when I when I lived in France, actually the first time I was in France, when I wasn't living there, when I was just, um, uh, I spent the summer there, uh, I, I still ate cheese at the time. And I noticed that the more the cheese smelled like the like rotting giant dumpster behind your school, mm-hmm. the more the French liked it. So I think I think it's something like that. Uh, so it, I, I got a shot of Malort and a, and a Polish ale um, that I can't remember where it was from, sadly. But Poland. I did my drinking earlier today. Uh, well, I think it was an American beer company. So, but it was good. It was a light lager. It imagine imagine if Rainier were actually good. That's what it tastes hey, like. I I love me some Rainier. 
<laughs> it was light and fresh and crisp, yet not. It didn't taste like urine. That's so. We clearly have completely different <laughs> tastes <laughs> in alcohol. But oh yeah, I only like um, I like dark dark beers and sours and uh, whiskey. Those I'm are my like whiskey, so. but I'm not, I'm definitely on the other side of all the, the those beers. But you know, we have a, the same taste in, and that's our football team. And we are going to stop oh, going yeah. up and down, barely talking about them. <laughs> Let, let's. What if we did a whole episode? <laughs> we talked like thirty we're minutes talk in. About them and then. Join the Pick'em League later. We're going to talk about them. And then, and then oh, we're out of time, y'all. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, it's funny you say you said that about the elevation, which I, which is true. I've heard that uh, before with going to Mexico City with um, and going to Colorado, right? Right. Other sports, same thing. You just have to get through the first, what, 20 minutes or whatever. But I actually thought that we actually played our best in that first 20 minutes. For, mm-hmm. So it it seems like a juxtapo, juxtaposition to, or I would say, am I using that right? I don't know. Um, too much Fremont, but it, it it seems counterintuitive to what that expectation is to, to altitude, and then and then it just I I don't even know what to call the rest of the game. To be honest with you, it didn't it didn't really seem like there was, um. I don't know. I couldn't quite make out anything good that was happening. And it was all stemming from the midfield or lack thereof. And I, and I think, and since we don't really have highlights to talk about, we could maybe let's talk about the goal in a little bit, but we did mention that one concern. I don't know if we went, we didn't really go deep into what we think could, could happen, but I think to what your quote unquote prediction was that if there's no Nico, that 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 could be it, right? And I'm thinking like, yeah, well, we, yeah. we just put in a, a, our best eleven two games in a row, and those are condensed games. This actually is a bigger break than the last two we just had, and why wouldn't we just do that again? And and Nico might be the only well, one. That Nico comes was out. on baby duty, so that's what ended up happening. Nico was on baby duty, uh... so his baby was born. So he was back home. He's got a brand new baby. Sounders shared the cutest picture. If you haven't seen I it, not seen it. And I didn't go look know at it. That. Good for him. Yeah, go look at it. Like it's it's you know, I I think a lot of people can be critical of players, and I know this is not what you're doing because you didn't know. Um, a lot of people can be critical of players who are like, Well, your job is to play. And it's like, no, these are human beings, and he, he wants to be there for the birth of his child, right? So good on you. This is a game that we should have been able to win without him. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be anywhere else um for the birth right i wouldn't miss the birth of my child yeah so uh he was on baby duty he's he's his brand new child um i haven't seen the name yet but uh it's this cutest picture of of the baby meeting the other two kids well that is a very great excuse but it's not an excuse for the sounders right no they 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 showed that they were pedestrian without him yeah and i'm very surprised to be honest Uh, i thought um and I was thinking, Russ Snack, now that we are getting more into MLS focus only, a conference he's familiar with, teams he's familiar with, players he's familiar with, that you're going to mm-hmm. – and he's been he's played every game for us. I don't think he's not started. Yeah. Has he not started? No, I think he's started at least every game that so uh, we've had with the starters in. And I'm not – this is – I'm not bringing fault to, to Russ Snack on this. This is a team – lack of effort um but i'm surprised 
that there wasn't more f- fluid movement through Rusnak and the other players. Now, I wasn't stoked on the formation. I'm done. I'm done with that one. That was great. Last it was but, great last know, year, but I don't. I didn't. I think we should have gone our same normal formation. Sub I think that's part of the problem is you, that are right. the best for that position for that physical position that other players are used to. So I would have been okay with that formation. We saw that it can dominate if it's if we had the right players for it, but we didn't. You need Nico in that. I mean, we didn't have Nico for a while last year, but we don't have the same type of play. We're not playing the same this year. We're playing a different game. And that was that had to be, in, at least in a game, that's Rusnak's first time with five at the back, which puts a lot more pressure on him to be fluid like he was at RSL rather than being more stiff and being more like, uh, when he's been in the middle, a quarterback, like he, he played a little bit more like Ozzy without, without JP being there where he's having to be the one the ball goes through to make those passes. And you can't quite do the same when the midfield, I mean, it's, it was just rough. We had nothing going on in the midfield. Absolutely nothing. You saw, you saw Rudy Diaz dropping back. Like he always does when the midfield isn't doing anything. And, uh, and he did, he did have some, a little defensive, uh, that's what I love about Rudy is he's not afraid to play defense, but we just, we needed, we needed more out of them. And, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're tired. It's been a long stretch of games. Um, Colorado said the same thing. Maybe it's the opposite last. I remember last show, I listened to the entire thing last night. So I, I re re listened to it to see what we had right. said. And you mentioned that they were probably going to be a little off because of the red cards in the previous game. And, and maybe it was the opposite. They rallied as a team around each other because you saw they didn't give up. They kept pushing. Mm-hmm. But you want to know what the biggest game changer was? It was Mark Anthony K getting hurt. You think so? Yeah, completely changed their style. He was off. There was something not right about him. So pretty much most of this year he had been playing back. Mm-hmm. And I actually hit up Dan Boniface during the game and said, um, hey, Dan, why are we not um or why is k playing so far forward that's not normal right he's like yeah not this year but since um they've had uh their other midfielder the guy from uh wanderers um what um, why am i blanking on his name price since price came back uh yeah since price came back from injury he's back up to where he was playing last year which um i thought he was on the left though but maybe he was more fluid that's all but he he was goal dangerous a lot on crosses so uh he was not playing well he kept missing crosses we saw the same thing for rubio um meaning uh crosses to Mm -hmm. them on the outside uh and uh, his injury was weird because he barely got hit in the face and then he stayed down, but he couldn't breathe. So I, I don't know what breathe. happened like that. I thought, I, yeah, he was on the sideline, like grabbing his chest, trying to catch his breath. Maybe so we, that maybe, was I wonder, really, I mean, maybe he, I mean, it was clearly he had a black eye. Um, I think, I think he got, I think he got yeah. the point. And I think Reagan, it, it was, it was an accident, right? I mean, he's he's, right, a, of he's a big of lanky course. dude. He hit him. He, he, totally got he, him. And he hit elbow, him, but, the, but it I, wasn't I've enough. Gotten, I've gotten the pointy end of an elbow yeah. uh, playing in the post, for sure. But he also hit him with his hand earlier in the game. Uh, he hit someone else later. He's a little wild with his arms. But, but when he was down, he was grabbing his chest. He went to the sideline. He was grabbing his chest. So what I'm thinking is, I want to rewatch it. How did he go down? Because maybe if he landed on his back oh. or something, he just lost your lost your air yeah. for a little bit. Air. Knocked the yeah. wind out of him. Yeah, it could no, be. Which no usually a hit you to see the that face on the front. It's going to make you lose air, right? Right. 
It was a little oh, worrisome. Yeah, I felt bad for because I really like him. I, uh, you know, I think he's he's a solid player. Um, tends to be on the right side of history in terms of all the stuff he stands for. So uh, I like him. Uh, obviously, he's not against us, but that I think that changed the game because when Wright came in, he was able to stretch our defense a little more, uh, be a little bit faster. Um, and in chain, I mean, he created whether or not he actually gets credit for the goal, which I guess he did, but uh, it was an own goal. He created that chance, you know, by, by his run. Um, yeah, but can we talk about that goal? That because I feel like saying belongs to Jonathan and Jeremy Lewis, 49th minute. And, and I said, right. I meant Lewis. I don't know why I'm thinking of Jonathan. Right. Jonathan Lewis is who came in for them. Um, and so he, he was the difference maker in the game. Like he started stretching it out when, when Kay came. Uh, but as we saw in the replay, Rubio fouled, I think it was rolled on Christian, um, but it may have been Kellen on the lead up to that goal. He threw his body at him on the header and didn't even try to get the ball. And that should have been a foul right there and stopped it. And that ball is what led to the cross to uh, Lewis. That's, I mean, I didn't really, I hadn't really considered that before. Um, Yeah, definitely should not have been a goal. Should have, they should have gone back through VAR, which they didn't do and stop it back there. But they did go to VAR. Clear foul. (laughs) Later. (laughs) And they didn't give us the opportunity of like how many times. They took away Raul's penalty a boot to his knee and get up again. And the only question, if you're going to go to VAR on that one is, was he inside or outside the box? I saw a breakdown that someone did using like math and science (laughs) and all that fancy stuff. I don't know anything about (laughs) Yeah. And he was a foot, one foot, 12 inches inside the box. You you didn't need geometry to to tell you now. Right. But they wanted, but the angle's weird, right? Because of the angle it's at, you've got to figure out, because the camera's not even with the line. The camera's a little forward. It's kind of like the time the Huskies scored the game-winning touchdown against Notre Dame. But because the camera is at a weird angle, when I went to review, they didn't give it to them, and Notre Dame ended up winning at South Penn. It's that, that kind of stuff. So, and this is, uh, let's get a, a small conversation about referees and VAR because mm. we've we've talked about or, and, and I've mentioned that I really like how ML, MLB is doing it where yeah yeah they don't but they still get it wrong sometimes but yeah yes. but I I I can't recall a specific time they've gotten it wrong and I know you're not I know you're right because errors yeah occur. I've been at Mariners games because you know at the the stadium they have like the super slow mo cam they also show it on Root Sports and you'll see it and you'll be like oh no that Mariners player was clearly out and then they'll call him safe so uh, I'm wondering if they only get the TV broadcast and not the super like uh, well, like 12k slow motion the, the chief um uh, field chief whatever they call him. All right. Um, it's not usually the umpire behind the plate. It, they rotate their positions right. throughout the series. Yeah, yeah. But there is the, the guy that t- puts on the headphones and listens to outside the stadium. Re- mm-hmm. I'll call them refs umps that are saying this is what happened. And they're like, okay. And they go and, and they yep. say it. No, exactly. So it's out of their hands. That's, uh, the I, ego is gone. I agree. 100%. Yeah. He, that, the goal, I think we've seen time and time again, the referees – not overturning their own mistakes because their ego is too big. And whether that's on purpose, they're going like, F this, I'm not, I'm not overturning this. I'm right. Or if it's just bias because they're saying, well, I was right and it's close. So we're sticking with mine. 
when it's not close. And that's the problem with it being well, subjective at times. Things that aren't close or yeah, that aren't close look closer or look more. Uh, right. That's still right. the gray exactly. area. No, it's because you're biased. Yeah. Just the same way that we yeah. immediately scream for a foul when it probably wasn't a foul because it's our team. Right. right? And there's lots of times where I will scream for a foul and I watch yeah. the replay and people are still booing and I'm like, look at that that's, replay. That's more that was me, totally a foul. I will have an a reaction a lot of times right away because I want right. it, but then I put my level head back on because I want a good game and I want right. things to be fair and I want to be the better team in all fairness. And yeah. we usually are. Yeah. But I'm but no, there we so need sick of this. I'm worried we're gonna lose yeah, I'm worried we're gonna lose VAR because what we do as a, a human species, and when something doesn't work out, rather than fixing what doesn't work, we just throw it all away. We've seen it time and time again in, in all sorts of different countries around politics, around whatever. It, does, it doesn't matter. Is, like, so, in a very similar position in terms of, the, I mean, um, using replay for a, a, a sport that has rules – and I'm talking more strike zone, right? But rules that are mm -hmm. kind of it's up. To, it's the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah, that sport is a little more subjective than soccer, which is not. Well, it, well there are lines in soccer, but fouls can be subjective, <laughs> and, and that's and, true. And and even offside can be because that can be close. They don't give them yeah. the geometry lines, but that um, yeah. Although VAR does overturn that in England a lot. Well, and that's the thing. It's like they've, they've been doing it in tennis since the, the, the since computer screens. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know how long yeah. the out like. Um, uh, what would you call it? The animation where they show the ball being out or not, yeah. and no, well, that's clear, and they can't really argue it. That is, they in Tacoma right now. They have computers calling balls and strikes. Oh yeah, well yeah, they're the doing Tacoma that. In, uh, in, yeah, they're doing that in AAA, right? And I don't really necessarily want that, and I don't necessarily want the center ref gone, right? I don't think you can really no, take I the center ref out because of right. play fouls that keep the game moving. You can't stop it for everything, right? But when it comes right. to right, no, no, no. That like where's when lines are involved. Well, there's lines painted on the field. There's computers. Let's use them. Let's and get just it right. Get it right. Like, why don't we have goal line technology in the MLS? That, I mean, that's especially when you know we want to be one of the best leagues in the world. And the depending on what your favorite leagues are, but the Premier League is considered the best league in the world, right? They're using it. They use it in not soccer not not soccer talent wise but um like hype wise yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i'd say probably be spain if we we're going to actual talent but really i think the one, the worst teams in spain could beat um better teams in england i think Mallorca, I don't know, Mallorca can beat man city tottenham man no man city's number 1 i'm talking about like lower lower table spanish teams could beat mid table you know yeah, uh, apologies, Dude, apologies to Mr. Jackson Feltz, but Tottenham's never going to get below, above fifth. He's forgotten pick them since week, what, two? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> but, but Tottenham, Tottenham perennially is, is a, I mean, come on, they're the Mariners in the 90s. They seem really good, but they're never going to go all the way. Mariners in the 90s? Or in 2012? Yeah, 95, 95 to 2001. <laughs> yeah. Now. Nine, 95 to 2001, no no team had more wins in baseball than the Seattle Mariners. Yet, zero World yeah, Series appearances. A, a pennant. I didn't even know what a pennant was until I was like 22. <laughs> like, what is a pennant? That I, sounds really uh, cool. I have one somewhere. 
I have Edgar Martinez Drive. Now we need a, a street sign. We need like a Brian Schmetzer How Drive. How many sports have we mentioned while describe, talking about this? That is a really good question. What I think is important, though, is to know that the Seattle Seawolves play the L.A. Guillotines coming out this weekend. <laughs> what are they called? The L.A. Guillotines? Uh, no, Guillotines. Oh, like I thought Martini, you were just making uh, a joke. Like, I wish they were called the guillotines. How amazing would that be? I don't know. In 10 years, I'd be like, we can't use guillotines, man. <laughs> well, I mean, that's true. That is absolutely true. It's it's bad taste, but um, guillotines. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the coup, and they have a song called The Guillotine, which is excellent. So go check that out. So uh, it's it's fair to say that we did, we were on the wrong side of the ref. Um, yeah, because if you think about that, that's the, the, that instead of us losing one nothing, that's us winning one nothing, even forgetting every other play in that game. That's true. Yeah, no, yeah. and that's a two goal swing. And the conversation wasn't really there about that that no call, um, no no foul that you that you mentioned. I didn't I didn't really notice it. I granted I was watching at home with my kid, so sometimes I miss. So I stuff. was on the radio at that point. And then when the goal happened and then I went inside to watch. So I missed the actual seeing the actual goal go in. Um, I heard, I heard complaints. That there was a handball. Was there actually a handball on there or it just looked like no. it? Uh, I honestly thought that they were saying he was offside, which he wasn't um, whether, whether mm. it was from the cross attempt or, and I don't know if, if it, if the save is kind of, if, is that the point of contact where you have to be offside? I don't know if the rules change when um, there's a save like that, but uh, Ariaga was like a foot away from the end line on his butt when yeah. the save happened. Yeah. So there was no way that was offside and the handball, if anything would be called would be on EMR, but his arm was down anyway, but that's not what Steph was calling um, for. I think he was calling for offside and it was, and it was close yeah. to when you're Steph and you're looking to the left, you look to the right and the guy's standing underneath the crossbar, getting the, the, right. the credit of the goal, which just, which is interesting because players can give like on offense, players can give themselves up. So if you're in an offside position as an offensive player, and you give yourself up, you're out of the play, like lay on the ground, you don't count against mm-hmm. it. But if you're defensive, you still count against yeah, it. Yeah, Rui Diaz, I don't know if he did it. I think he did it more to get away out of the way of the shot. But when uh, Ladero put his third goal in against uh, Minnesota, I think it was. Was it Minnesota or was yeah, it yeah. The, the third goal of the Champions League? Mm. I think it was a Champions League one. I think it was a Champions League I can see the goal one. in my head, but that's, he, he that's too straight. Yeah. He, he went ostrich. <laughs> he went underground yeah. as far as he could to get I'm out of this way. I'm not in this play. I'm not, if it, yeah, but, don't, I'm not off sides. I'm exactly. not involved. So you're, you're right. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I, I mean, I did see the, the end result of it, and I'm surprised it wasn't an own goal. I guess I I'll say. At least the stats not on us. I guess I'll, I'll give. It, I'd rather him have it than yeah. Neymar. Um, but it, it, if, if that's they were pretty dangerous, but I wasn't really nervous about them. I was more no, nervous yeah. about us letting something happen, like what we were saying right. about our early MLS games, where it's just like this isn't this isn't us being bad as like like inherently bad. This is just some bad moments, and it looked like that mm-hmm. game was just having some bad moments because of a lot of give ups in the midfield and lack right. of finish quality now Rui Diaz did try to do everything he possibly could to get us at least a point in this game beyond just the what should have been a penalty he their keeper had a couple of great great saves um on on Rui 
And I think I think Russ next really should have gotten that that he had that one that was from about sixteen yards out, just to the right of the goal. Really should have curled that into the side netting and and didn't get it on frame. There was some traffic that he probably had to contend with, but you just act like traffic's not there. You just can't get the ball where it needs to go. Generally, good things happen, and that didn't happen. So it it just wasn't wasn't cohesive. Yeah, I mean, the game opened up a lot once, uh, I think, Colorado kind of bunkered down a little, they're, which is interesting because their defense was solid most of the game. Like, that's the thing is they, they – Abu Bakar is, is, a, is a great player in the, in the, the backside of their team, and, and it, it's, it felt like they were going to be impossible to get through. And then we have no shots on goal at halftime. Is that right? I I think you're right. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at the expected goals, and we are just flatlining all the way until about Jordan Perry Morris in the 53rd. (laughs) Forgot his middle name's Perry. Hey, get get this by the way, and I I remember this before, but we just never hear it. Raúl Mario Ruiz Nesidic, his maternal side. I don't know if his mom, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're Croatian, Croatian descent. Yeah, yeah. God makes me yeah, Croatian Ruiz so much more. He's got even like this like Croatian Eastern Europeness to him. Like he looks cool. Peruvian's <laughs> well, not good enough for you. Oh. Is there what's what's up? I, with I, that? I love the melting pot, right? This like you know, oh, I like see. And, well, I'm I'm not the Croat. I know where Croatia is, and I've been there. But um, <laughs> I, I love I love my my Czech heritage, and I've really mm. only spent a total of a month and a half cumulative one full month and then about a week and a half two weeks in the czech republic so it's not like i'm i don't know i just i love having different uh, i love especially here in america where we come from all different places right i think it's cool to hear that you come from different backgrounds and things like that and you kind of we don't hear a lot about you know where people come from from our team the Jordan. I didn't forgot Jordan's middle name was Perry. So just to hear a little bit more like <laughs> about like where their family comes from, that he has Masidic. You Straight don't get out of with the last name Masidic. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, I am what 81.3% Irish and I've, I've never set foot on the homeland. So I got to change that someday. Oh, hell yeah. I, I, that's, that's when my wife and I is that do Ireland, Scotland, and then come back down and, and in London and come back. That's that's a circular nice. trip on our in our future. But anyway, um, yeah, we nice. didn't flatline from expected goals for the entire first half. So I don't know where you're going with that. Yeah, and the game opened up though as soon as they tried to get more defensive, and then we subbed on your buddy Leo Chu mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Montero, um, and of course Madranda and Atencio, and it opened up a little bit more and kind of created those. Uh, chances. Uh, I thought it was interesting. SofaScore, which is another one of the rating sites and keeps track of stuff, actually gave Reagan our top score with 7.0, and Abu Bakar got uh, 7.6. Was the best on Colorado in terms of like what? The, um, just a performance score, game rating, performance in the game. So yeah, they they actually they actually they actually had Reagan as the best player on our team, which. Uh, and 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 the worst player on our team for the game was a tie between Leo and Jordan Morris and Freddie, but Freddie didn't play much. Yeah, and I think so. And this is 
Leo, Leo's my boy because I want him to do well. Um, I don't think he was. It could. I don't think he was that good in this in this game, but most of the team wasn't. I think, especially when you have attacking players trying to will the, something to happen, they're going to be polarized a little bit. Unless you're like Rui Diaz, where mm-hmm. you can actually get a rocket off somehow when you cut back and make this guy look yeah. like a fool. Or Christian, like he did against uh, was that Minnesota yeah. with that with that crazy goal that was just like flip, turn, boom, like out of nowhere to the far side of the yeah. goal. And 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 you know, Leo is trying to get not stats for himself, but make make sure he gets called into play more and so he's going to yeah. try to do stuff and his position calls for it especially in this formation he's he had the opportunity to wing it like get get down there and do some stuff and he there wasn't help for him there wasn't help for the other players it just we did open up and and attack more but also colorado wasn't trying as hard to score again they they took when they got their opportunities they looked dangerous, but it wasn't like it was a completely open game back and forth at least from my my memory. I, we don't rewatch three times and pull up the no. analytics too much. Yeah, I pulled yeah. on ten no, minutes I don't think so. This, so yeah, I don't think so. I think that that we, we saw them have a, quite a few breakaways in the first half, uh, where their wingers were just unable to control the ball. And so all of the dangerous chances they had, absent the goal, um, there was no one on the end to, to do anything. Um, and th- I think that's what bugs me. I, I'm glad we didn't record the day of, um, which I wouldn't have been able to anyway, but just because we do that a lot, and I was mm-hmm. pissed. Now in retrospect, looking a couple of days, you know, it's a, it's a rough game. Um, I think about the fact that... Uh, there's going to be losses and we're just going to have to deal with them. And then I think about even when you are the, the, the best record in the history of baseball, like the 2001 Seattle Mariners, you're still losing 50 games in a year. Just about think about that. Still Lupinella pissed off 50 yeah. games. Like that's bad for your heart. So uh, it's rough being a sports fan, especially in games like this, where we felt like a we probably should have won. Yeah, it was there. I mean, not, maybe not. Yeah, I shouldn't say we should have won. We should yeah. have tied it and, and maybe should have won. If if the refs, I think if the refs get more calls right, we win. But to your up. point, it, it is all, all in season. Uh, losses will happen. <laughs> we have an uncharacteristic amount of losses so far, including this one. But this is a week where we get six points out of nine. And we're about to have five straight games at home. Not that lumen field the field previously known as CenturyLink, was particularly a fortress i don't i feel like there was a a few stretches in our sounder history where it it, where it was right especially early on i felt if we feel like we've lost that mystique other than the atmosphere is still phenomenal but but i've heard i've heard the players talk about this i've heard casey keller talk about this and really it's that every single team that comes into CenturyLink is up mm-hmm. for the game because they're playing in front of the best atmosphere they're going to see all season, unless they're like Atlanta. Um, because no one else is going to have as many people in the stadium, even close besides us in Atlanta. The next closest is about half as many. Yeah, I mean, as Charlotte had who were about to play again. Oh, Charlotte. I forgot. They're in the league yeah, now, but, but I don't, I, I think they're, 
I don't think you can say the average, is, uh, average since first match. I think it's considerably lower. I haven't looked it up. You're going to do that. But, I mean, they got the record for their first match playing where the, the Panthers play. But, yeah, you're right. I'm, and And also a lot of our games are on national television. So it's not just also the atmosphere. It's you might get to get the exposure for your club and you, you just know that there's, you know, I don't know what the MLS metrics are, but there's probably like what a million if we're on FS1 or ESPN, right? Probably like a million people yeah. watching. That's, uh, yeah. that's a lot of people. I, you know, and I, I don't. If there's a million people listening to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what um, the. Is that the word? There's a million people listening. I don't know. No, because they'll love us. We don't even need to worry about it. So Charlotte is attending. We we are down this year. We're only at just just under thirty two thousand thirty one ninety eight. Oh man, that's that's like two thousand and um, what ten? Yeah, and Charlotte's at thirty seven thousand, and uh, Atlanta's at forty six thousand. Um, we of course have only played four games to their seven and six. Nashville's only played four whole games as well, and they're just behind us by about three thousand. So. It's good to hear that. Though. Um, our attendance, our attendance is up from 2021, though. But we got to remember COVID. the first. Yeah, we were what, in a limited stadium at that yeah, point. I I didn't go to my first um, one until the doubleheader. Yeah, and I I went. I actually I was lucky enough to be able. They did a trial. There was a um, friendly that they did, and so I got to go to that game uh, when it was just like invitees oh. only. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then I, I did get to go to all five of the, um, I don't, did we actually do a full five before they opened up the stadium? However many it was, uh, I know it was supposed to be the original five. I went to all of those, uh, two, what do you mean all so, five? What does that mean? Uh, when the first, the first five games of the season that were, uh, people spread out. So you, you didn't even sit in your regular seat. You just got seats close uh, to yours. Yeah, and, no, I, I, yeah, like I said, it, it just wasn't even in my scope to go to a game until basically end of August. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're getting, yeah, we're getting but up to an hour here. I, I, um, yeah, I just want to say real quick about Charlotte. They did have that one game with the the huge amount of fans. So I'm my guess is they would be well under us because their average is only thirty seven thousand. So if you subtract those fans in that one game, uh, they would be well under mid twenties. Low twenties. Okay. Yeah. Well, if if you could, I don't know if this is a good way to end talking about uh, that match in Colorado, but I'm particularly not a fan of the lineup we put out. Knowing Nico isn't yeah. available, how would you put the? How would you have started that match? I think you just slot. Um, you, I think you do four at the back, like we've been doing, and you slot Rusnak in for Nico and do a more familiar uh, rotation in the diamond. Like there. Maybe Rowan and Vargas think, is the two two CDMs. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to have you had to have Roe play right back. Oh, yeah, uh, Alex was uh, out, right? Alex was out. Yeah, he played so, right back. So um, that would have been he, a ten. That would probably been a tensio in because Dellum. Tensio, yeah. Which, we haven't talked about is with the. Oh man, it's it's like a Southern California, San Antonio, a USL interesting. team. I didn't hear oh, yeah, about he that. Was he, San, San Antonio, San something. Mm, but interesting. Good, I'm glad he's getting. I know he wanted. To, he wanted to be uh, here. We all love him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know he wanted to be here, so, you know, that's a, it's a little here. bit of a bummer, but at least he's playing. Yeah, he literally was here. I talked to him a few games ago. You don't, you don't tell me these <laughs> but, things. We do a show together. We hang out. What oh, the hell? 
I followed because of the credibility of this podcast and how great we're doing and the videos I'm making. That too. And, and then now you're friends with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's one of my best friends. And like when I worked at Safeway in high school and I worked in the office, we used to talk on the phone for hours while I counted money. Well, until you talk to me, Dan, <laughs> it's Saloy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the Boniface clan was out in um, full Sounders gear out in Colorado oh, yeah. cool. this weekend, uh, because since his family's all from here, um, except for his son, Beckham, who I would be remiss if we didn't mention is a future homegrown player for the Rapids. So definitely he's, he's young. He's like 10. But I'd say within six years, I think he's going to be one of those young signings, like 15, 16 year olds that get brought up Argus. to the Rapids early, like. Yeah, well, like a name this like kid, Beckham. It's yeah, well, yeah, named after David Beckham. Oh, so I wasn't gonna say it because that would have, but I guess he is. All right, no, yeah, oh yeah, his Dan's other child is named after Josie Altador. So uh, it's really? a soccer family and back and back <laughs> and uh, not the name and Beckham. Just the player. Uh, really, all right, yeah, Josie's right. yeah, you know, uh, Beckham is. In his age group, a true star that with proper coaching and seasoning, I have no cool. doubt that he's on the bigger and better things than MLS. But because of the way our system works, he'll be homegrown to Colorado. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe you guys should move to Seattle. Keep an eye on him, Colorado <laughs> folks. Yeah. I tried. When they, when, when MLS had their uh, – or when uh, Seattle Times had their job opening to cover the Sounders, I tried to get Dan to come out, but uh, his wife's family's out there. There's no yeah, way she's coming. Fair enough. All right. So, okay. Well, I kind of agree with you, but the yeah, ad would have been kind of tough maybe to fill that with a more veteran presence, especially third match of a condensed schedule in altitude, knowing – but I just I think it was such a drastic formation change. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like it was out of necessity rather than being out of it being the right thing yeah. to do, meaning to, to win. Yeah. But but you know New we're York. not the coach and we got to trust. I, I have no MLS cups. I have no Champions League trophies. I do. Didn't, did you see all the pictures of me with them? I think he took some of them. Yeah, and the ones that you took of me, I'm never never seeing the light of day. I'm like, my God, that lighting above oh. me was horrible. <laughs> or I just looked Oh, yeah. Up. No, that that's the light. Yeah, and when I held the cup up, my big belly was poking out of my jersey a little bit too much. So uh, only Rich looked good. Dang it. That's, that's the problem. We have to win another one so that when I'm like – Trimmer and and more more with it. Uh, we can go celebrate with the cup again. I, I, and, and I get heard awesome that pictures. it was heavy. I mean, I can I can lift thirty five pounds. Okay, I've worked in the hospitality industry. I've lift bags. Yeah. I've got vans full of suitcases to go to cruise ships because oh, I hate that season. But like, I was too nervous to like in a, with a line of people waiting to take photos. Me just with a beam <laughs> of light above my head. I'm like I'm looking. I'm gonna look like a doofus. So instead, I just lifted the scarf and up. The, but that just made everything look worse because yeah. the jacket I have is too small. If I lift my hands, up. Like, well, those are C cups. Uh, All I, right, <laughs> I'm gonna keep these photos to myself. Say, <laughs> I will say the supporter shield is even heavier. So if we turn the season around and win the supporter shield, I'll make sure you get a chance to 
to do well, something with like that. Parachute at least covers my torso if I'm holding it, right? <laughs> you just hold it up. Oh, you're going to want to hold it above your head. That thing is heavy. It'd be hard to hold it right here. Let me tell you. All right. All right so we got Charlotte coming up. Home match Sunday, FS1. What do you think? We got a full yeah. rest. I, you know, I, I I would assume that it's a home game and we um, – and we've been unhappy with our results, uh, coupled with the fact that uh, Charlotte's mid-table, 16 points, five wins, one draw, seven losses. So they're right around where we are in the table, right? Um, we we have uh, three points less than them, but we've also played less games. So I, I would expect us to win. I mean, I think, I think we should win. Um, it's a crazy day in Seattle. So if you're going to any sporting event, leave extra time because we've got the rain at i think noon at lumen field we've got the sounders at 6 30 at lumen field Houston, and we've got the visiting. um right i'm going yeah. to the houston mariner but, game on saturday night so yeah. I, I, I think it's friday saturday sunday right maybe thursday friday saturday but we also have um we also have the seattle storm playing yeah. over at climate pledge that day too. So I'm, I'm trying to see, I have tickets to all three, uh, uh, not Mariners, but all, all, all three of the other games. So I'm trying to see if there's a way I can make it work. It might be hard with setup though. I'd love to actually, we should go to a storm match. Oh, let's, hell yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm down. You know, Bird. Um, I don't right now, but I will soon. We're doing a Sue Bird night at the, uh, TBL, uh, Seattle team. Next, probably the first game in March. We're going to do a Sue Bird night. Uh, and we've been talking about Subert about it. In so, your pocket. Um, <laughs> so we probably will have some some Subert time. My, I don't have a ball. Maybe this room. is what my crossover looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Think you can get me into the yeah, to the yeah. league? You would get oh, dominated by Stewie. You would dunk my in God. your face. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I just want. Uh, she's just such an awesome person. Her and her awesome wife, Pino. They're just like yeah. The, most yeah, epic I, Seattle power couple, and I'm so proud that they are proud Seattleites <laughs> and represent us so well. I'm just, I'm just really stoked on them. So that's the one good thing about Russell being gone. Um, I wanted the Seahawks to stay with Russell and get rid of Pete Carroll. I think we made the wrong mistake for long term, but um, I f- think that now, like Russell and Sierra, were not a cool power and couple. They are. Like, he the, was too corny. The culture of Seattle. Like Russell never really was, right. you know what I mean? Like he, and and we don't digress into this too much, but with all the the, the bullshit that happened today, he he's of the group of pray pray pray. Like that's what mm-hmm. his tweet was, mm-hmm. and it's like you know you, you pray in your own home about you know whatever, but this is this this stuff needs action. You know, and and that's not the stuff mm-hmm. I want to hear from someone that represents my community. You know, so anyway, I don't digress it too much, but um, I am kind of glad he's gone. And again, I love Sue Bird. I love Pino. So Ooh. let's go. Oh, hands in the air. Ooh, you're glad he's gone. Wow. Big six. So I don't know if this is still true. Um, it looks like we dropped a number two. Um, but Seattle was uh, the uh, most had the most churches per capita of any metropolitan area in the United States at one point in time, um, and it's because we don't have mega churches. Oh, uh, that makes more sense. 
that makes a lot more sense. Also, like, you, you forget that that there's a large Catholic population in in uh, Seattle, and and having gone to Seattle Prep and knowing all the Catholic kids who are from there as well, and mm-hmm. my friend Neil, who who uh, is is not Catholic, they refer to it as the Catholic Mafia, kind of runs Seattle. You know, Dino Rossi went to Seattle U. Um, you know, uh, who is the guy well. who, who didn't who who lost the Sonics from us. Yeah. Yeah. There's SPU. Um, they, they, they make their students sign a um, pledge that they won't have sex or drink. Did you know? I've no, I, uh, well, I don't know them anymore. Well, I, but that's the, cute. Because I, I know they do. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Uh, they sign a pledge. They're no one's hmm, breaking their pledge. I was in the queen Anne bowl drinking Jackson out of a there. keg with some SPU students. And let me tell you what happens in those woods. Lies. Lies. Um, next time on Sounder Scuttlebutt, we will talk about the Charlotte match and the time that I went to a Sawain event with a coven in northern Washington. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're talking religion, so we might as well hit it all today. Um, yeah, so here, here's my dominate. thoughts. One. <laughs> <laughs> One, we're going to dominate. No, we should win. We should beat Charlotte. I don't know anything about their team. I've not watched a single game this year. I've only seen highlights. So this is not empirical. We're going to nominate. Two, I'm not so worried about Colorado. Colorado's mm-hmm. a good team. Robin Fraser is one of the best coaches in the MLS. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, they they won the yeah. West last I- year. So I don't think there's anything to worry about in that game. We weren't full strength. Um, we couldn't. It, it was basically the opposite of the Houston game. We couldn't slog through it. Yeah. And, and a few days after, six points out of nine. We're going to be home for a very long time. And or not Rui, but five straight Nico games. Presumably, will be playing because it, one is home. Yes, right. newborn, but and none of the travels away. So he's going to have the the glow of having a new child and he's going to get on the field and he's going to just dominate for us. We're going to get our midfield back. Uh, Rui Diaz is going to score five goals in June. Oh, I thought you were going to say against Charlotte. I was going to be like, no, I think, I think, I don't think a goal game will happen. I think, but we haven't seen a multi-goal game from him yet. Uh, Yes, we have. That's 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 reasonable. But no one has an MLS more than I think. God, Jordan Morris leads our team with two. Could be wrong. But anyway, we're seven, eight games in. No, shoot, we're eleven games in, and we have no one over three goals. So we're going to start seeing the goals pile up here. Um, and maybe Obed Vargas doesn't get a yellow because <laughs> he got another yeah. one. Sky. Uh, <laughs> um. And all power to him, and he's playing against grown men, and 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 he's playing well. But uh, he's he's really sticking his, his yeah. shoulders out there. So it's I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting in June world um, with JP out. We need him to not to get yellow cards because right, right. In case we miss another midfield piece and it lines up with a game he's suspended on, can't happen. Yeah, they're they're all young though, so I I think center defensive mid is. Uh, a solid position, but like I just said, they're all young. Um, but I'm not worried about it because Obed, if Obed's first, that means Atencio and Leva are in the room. So we, we have players to yeah, fill I'd in like there. I'd like to see Leva get some minutes. Uh, and- uh, I was twittering with someone uh, this weekend on, on the pre-match about that. And like, we, I really want to see Leva. It's like, yeah, but he's recovering from – he last season had an injury, right? It was last season? 
it's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he'll get, he'll get he'll some, get some minutes. minutes. It'll come naturally, and and at, he's a talented guy. So uh, you're right. We got young guys that play that hit above their belt. They're they're better than than their age. So right. And and the games we're playing, we've got Charlotte, who's uh, seven losses this year. So maybe um, we should be able to put them back where they belong. Vancouver, which is one of the mm-hmm. worst teams in the league. LAFC, who's obviously great. Sporting KC, which is one of the worst teams in the league. And Montreal, which may be the best team in the league. Uh, but then we go to Toronto, who's not good. So uh, j- from this date through July 2nd, there are, w- if we don't win five of those games, I will be frustrated. Aren't those five games? The six. Charlotte, the, through okay, the July so 2nd we, game. We should do 15 out of 18? Yep. I'm all for it. Yep. I I think I think we should be able to beat Charlotte. We should be able to beat Vancouver easily. LFC is gonna be tough, but we can win. That's the one I'm worried about a little bit, but I think ultimately we should be able to beat them because we mm-hmm. tend to. Uh Sporting KC is awful, and I think we'll want revenge for last year. And Montreal, I think, might be the only loss because they are They're good. really good. And I, that's a team I'm all right with being good. You know, that it's kind of a like with the loons for some reason. I mean, loons I have a little, little yeah. not relationship to the club per se, but Minnesotan. That's half my family, more than half. So mm-hmm. I have some love for that team. But like, there's something about Montreal that I'm just like, you know, you're cool. You're you're, you're a cool club. You're all right. So I'm, I'm not mad that they're up there. Yeah. Toronto. I'm glad they're not up there anymore. Yeah, no. Goodbye, Toronto. I mean, they lost their coach, so that that hurts a lot. And they lost their best player, uh, not Josie. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what do you say we bring this in the port? I think that's a brilliant, brilliant. idea. All right. Well, um, we'll do some self promotion here. We should do it every few episodes. But if you if you like what we're saying like listening, like tuning in, please give us some likes, uh, subscribe on your app of choice, your podcast poison. That does help us. This is a, a lot of work we put into this, you know, both with scheduling with our busy lives. Mm-hmm. I got a two year old love making those videos for you guys. I got a day job, but this is talking sounders with you. Cameron is a highlight of my week along with going to the games. And, yeah, man, and I, uh, I gotta be honest. You're not going to be here for most likely for the mm-hmm. game on Sunday, and it, it it's going to be a bummer not to to have you in the house at, and meet at Flastic and spend some time together beforehand. So, uh, second game in a row at home, right? You were you weren't there for Minnesota, am I remembering that correctly? No, yeah, because yeah, I was with all the Minnesota fans. So, no, I mean, no pressure. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I've gone, I've come to really enjoy not just doing the show with you, but our Sounders experiences yeah, together. And, and me too, man. And yeah, just life gets in the way sometimes, but we always try to make room for this. So if you're, if you're liking it, you know, get us getting some visibility on those, on those platforms really uh, could potentially help pay for this. this stuff does cost money, by the way, I have, we have to pay for hosting mm-hmm, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And we're not asking any of you to, to give us any money that might hopefully come organically just to help pay for it. But um the likes and subscribes will certainly help down the line. So if you like us, like us. Yeah. Come, come follow us too. You can get me at legal minded punk on uh, the Twitters and Instagrams. And where can they find you, Aaron? On Twitter at A-A-R-O-N-L-I-N-G-L-E-Y. And one last thing before we get out of here, I know Sunday is a busy day. I know you've, you've got, uh, <laughs> you've got the storm, you've got the Mariners, you've got, 
the rain. You've got the Sounders. But don't forget, at 6 a.m. Seattle time, the Monaco Grand Prix starts. Make sure you're in front of your TV for that. It's going to be a long day. The race itself, Monaco sucks. There's no overtaking. But the fanfare, the pomp and circumstance. I've been to Monaco. Um, I went there for lunch one day. It was awesome. We went up there just to do a little day trip from Nice. Um, yeah, yep, we same took the thing. bus, which was along the coast the whole freaking way. is absolutely stunning. And I don't, I forget if I've mentioned this in a previous uh, podcast because I feel like I have because we sometimes just F1 stuff in there. But we went into the Monte Carlo and I actually found the mm. photo that one second later I had a hand on my shoulder. You can't take photos in here. I'm like, oh, it's my wife. Well, at the time. No, we were, we were engaged at that point. Uh, so I'm like, hey, you just go stand in the middle of the, like, uh, not the portocature, but, like, the main entry. We're in the building yeah, at this yeah. point. Just go stand, turn around, take a photo. And you're, you're not allowed to even take your freaking phone out in that place. I mean, the probably wow. billions of dollars that are currently sitting in that building from net worths is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but, yeah, the Monaco Grand Prix is coming up. Yeah. Mercedes looks like they're back, baby. Yep, yep. If you want to hear more F1 talk, we'll leave it. We'll leave it for the Twitters. So go find us on Twitter at Legal Minded Punk and at Aaron Lingley. See y'all soon, everybody. See you. Take it away, James. You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? Seattle Sounders are both unequivocally and irrefutably the best MLS team of all time.